Hello and welcome to the Truck and Driver podcast. I've got a very special guest with me today, all the way from Canada. It's been a long time coming. We've been discussing it for some time. Uh, I'm delighted to welcome to the podcast, Ronnie MacArthur. How you doing, Ronnie? I'm good, Dougie, and you? Uh, not, not bad, thanks, all things considered. I mean, we've obviously been looking to do this for quite some time, um, and the circumstances and what's going on in the world, in Canada in particular, has dictated that uh, we need to kind of have a, a specific discussion about what's been going on there over the past sort of couple of weeks, but also the last couple of years. Um, I mean, first off, we'll explain to the listeners, um, you are um, from Scotland originally, but you've been in Canada for how long now? You've been driving out there for it's over, well over 10 years, isn't it? 11, 12 years now. Uh, now, obviously, I went over to Canada in 2013 because I met your brother Lackey uh, through doing uh, work, for, uh, <laughs> work for it was work for um, Classic Truck Magazine because he was running his old Ford and 4000 at the time, which I wrote up for the second issue of Classic Truck. And then he ended up moving out to Canada. And just as he went out, I followed him out there and did a couple of weeks uh, on sort of working holiday out there. But I spent a week on the road with you guys out. Um, with the, the, the B-doubles for B.D. Walter, and uh, that was way back in 2013, that, so it's getting on for uh, 10 years, unbelievably. Uh, but, I mean, how, how did it come about? Well, tell, tell us a little bit about your sort of driving history and how you came to be uh, out in Canada. It just was one of these things I wanted to do, and I just got to the point, if I left it much longer, I was too old to come and do it, so... There was a Canadian guy, I was chatting to him in Ochterarder when I was parking my truck one night, and he said, you should come and work for me. And we came to Canada on holiday. I didn't go and work for him. I ended up working for H&R. And that's it. I've just been left H&R and started with B&D Walters. And I've just been involved in agricultural haulage ever since, from hauling tractors to hauling wheat and fertiliser. I mean, it's such an attractive um, and exciting proposition for so many drivers uh, to go over to Canada because you've got these these incredible big trucks. You've got the long the long distances, the opportunity to run into the United States, and so many people have uh, moved over and done it either temporarily or permanent. But for many many years, there's always been a push to get drivers to come to Canada. And of course, I very nearly did it myself. I had two jobs which fell through in 2016, one with Walters because they couldn't get permits, and then the second one with Gladstone Transfer, who were all set to seemingly offer me a job, and then it, I didn't end up getting it, unfortunately. Um, uh, it's something that I've always uh, wondered about ever since then. I'm like, oh, I wonder if the opportunity would come up again, if I might be able to do it in the future. And it's kind of, the odd thing, it's, I've resisted coming back out because I know that we've spoken about, oh, you need to come back out to Canada. And I'm like, well, I would I would love to come back out, but it's just going to fill my head full of, um, you know, oh, just, I need to get back, I need to get out there because it really is, the, the, it's, it's an incredible place. It's a different world being out there with the trucks and the driving into it. There's no comparison to what it's like in Europe or especially the UK. No, it's, it's more like being self-employed. Basically, you get paid on the loads you're hauling or you're paid a percentage, whereas in the UK you got paid on your, your hours. So if you sat for 10 hours waiting, then you, you knew you would get paid. But here, lots of companies don't pay you for sitting about waiting. 
when they don't pay you for for being held up and everything. So uh, you've got to be self-employed is the best way to describe it. But a lot of them now are changing to paying by the hour because they just can't get drivers, and folk don't want to don't want to sit. Who wants to pay? I think it's sixteen thousand dollars it'll cost you to do your class one here now. Wow. I mean that's that's a big hole to climb out of to start with. It, it certainly is. I mean, it was much it was much easier and cheaper back uh, at the sort of time that I was looking to go and do it. Although it wasn't entirely straightforward, I had to go and do an English test because um, I had all the paperwork signed off for it. You had to go and prove that you knew that you could speak English and you could do this and that. Even if you were from an English speaking country, you still had to go and do all that. But it, it became, it suddenly became a lot more difficult uh, all of a sudden. And they, were, they, weren't looking, they weren't looking to take drivers from Europe. They were looking to take them more from other parts of the world. Uh, so that was kind of the, the end of that. But Canada was always seen as a sort of such a progressive country uh, <laughs> until very until very recently, um, it's uh, it's insane what's been going on over the past few weeks with the truck drivers and this the freedom convoy. Because I mean, if any people don't know, and you may well not know because it hasn't been covered widely in the media, but there has been a protest movement of truck drivers who've been camped in Ottawa for the past few weeks, and that's just dispersed now. We're talking on the evening of Sunday, the 20th of February. Um, and this came about, well, basically, basically, there's been a lot of vaccine restrictions in Canada. Uh, in the UK, we've been pretty free and, and easy. There hasn't been a lot to, to worry about one way or the other. But I gather in Canada, there's been a lot of stuff that you have been unable to do for a long time if you haven't been vaccinated. Yeah, you mean you can't go to, you can't go and get a meal, you can't go to the cinema, you, there's, you can't go to a sports event. You just, if you haven't been vaccinated, you haven't got your Q code, then that's it. And once they have your Q, you know, the Q code, once they have that, they can actually, they can track you wherever you go then. So a lot of the protest, most of these guys that were at the protest, 80% of them were vaccinated. And that's that's a proven fact. But it just got to the fact that the government just overreached, you know, and they just brought out all these laws. I mean, Justin Trudeau describing in, in Parliament how non-vaccinated people were just taking up space. But we these are the guys, not all of them, but these are the guys who worked all during the pandemic when when nurses and teachers and council workers and government employees sat in their basements and got paid the whole time. And then they, they said, oh, we'll give you a payment. And they handed everybody a payment in March and then asked for it back in December because you shouldn't really have got that. So, <laughs> so all these things all built up. And then when 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 they said to the, you can't cross the border unless you're vaccinated, then this kicked off the whole protest movement. Yeah, this is the, the curious thing what happened because the Omicron variant arrived, which is more infectious, but a lot less severe, um, which has kind of shut, pushed it from a pandemic to an endemic. It's it's not lethal to the vast majority of people. And obviously, the, the, a well above average level of truck drivers are vaccinated anyway. But Trudeau, for some reason, uh, toward, just as the pandemic is wearing itself out, as countries all over the world are starting to move forward and move away from this, 
Trudeau seemed to single out and pick on the truckers and say, you must be vaccinated to cross the border into America. Now, there's billions of dollars worth of trade that goes between Canada and the United States, and that affects a large number of drivers. So this comp compulsory thing where he said, you must be vaccinated, this is what's kicked off this protest movement, which, you know, to say, you know, you can't force people to take these medical shots. You, it's not, well, I don't feel that it's correct. I'm triple, I've had, I've had the two vaccines and the booster, but I would also say that it's correct. If you don't want to go and do it, then that is your choice and your risk. And it, nothing ever takes into account natural immunity with, it, with anything either. If you've had COVID and you've recovered from it, then you could justifiably say, well, why do I need a vaccine which doesn't prevent you getting COVID and it doesn't prevent you transmitting it? And yeah, he's, he's picked this fight with the drivers, the truckers who, as you say, are isolated in their cabs, have worked the whole way through the pandemic, keeping the country going. And he is completely, and at any point, uh, look to engage in dialogue with anybody at any point. He won't answer any questions about what sort of scientific basis he has for, for um, this vaccine mandate. Um, and he's got pushback from the drivers on it. Now, there's obviously, the drivers have been smeared in the media quite severely. Uh, I know in Canada, is it CBC? <laughs> That's the main. That's the the main sort of news channel, which is pretty much owned by Trudeau. He went and paid them a load of money, didn't he? Six hundred million dollars he gave to Global and CBC and CTV, and he, he openly said, you know, nobody will ever know because we 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 tell them what to print. Yeah, that's, absolute, that's absolutely true. That is on YouTube. You can see that. What yeah. Trudeau says that they basically bought and paid for the media. <laughs> yeah, $600 million they gave to the media. That was about the first thing he did when he got to power. But the and other so, thing that turned it up was in the last couple of weeks, it now turns out that the company that, that has 40% of Pfizer is actually owned by the Trudeau Family Foundation. So now they're... Now they're saying, like, this is why he's pushed for the Pfizer vaccine. Because he gave away, when the vaccine first came, he gave it all away to India in favour of waiting for the Pfizer vaccine. So now folk are saying, like, hey, wait a minute. If you're getting $100 a shot, $40 of that goes to the Trudeaus. What's going on here? <laughs> that was the other different day up. Yeah, it, does, it doesn't really make any sense at all. We've had these draconian uh, restrictions for people who aren't vaccinated. They've segregated society when there's no need to, because Canada's got such a high vaccine uptake. And I would say, like, excluding people and uh, affecting them in such a way isn't going to make them want to go and get the vaccine necessarily. You're making vaccine hesitancy worse. Yes. I would say, we'll say with that. So you've had all that bumbling on, and then he's going to pick this bizarre fight with the truck drivers who've been out in Ottawa protesting for weeks. Um, and they've basically, what's happened, although he hasn't moved at any point, the Canadian provinces, uh, like the individual states such as Alberta, Saskatchewan, and everything, they've all dropped their individual vaccine mandates and restrictions. Yes. And the only thing that remains is this federal government level. You see, that was the other thing. Over Christmas, without anybody getting to know, the drivers like me who are involved in the food industry, they, they changed their classification. So we became federal employees and not 
not uh, provincial employees like we were before. So by law, federal employees now have to be vaccinated. So <laughs> it's either that or you quit your job. So, but that was never that was never nobody asked. You know, do you guys we're going to change your 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 status? Are you are you happy with this? They just it came out, and we didn't know it'd come out till the HR guy because I'm leased to a flour mill. The HR guy came and said, "Like, are you aware of all this?" And we're like, "No." <laughs> when did that happen? He says, "Oh, that got, that came through over the Christmas vacation, but it was never discussed. It was never told to anybody. It yeah. was just dropped our lap." It's crazy, and it's just it's gone on and on where he's refused to um, acknowledge or deal with any of this at all, and give or give any sort of reason or justification for what he is doing. He's done nothing of the sort. He's walked out of Parliament a couple of times just when he's been questioned by the opposition, just in a huff, like he's answerable to nobody. And what he's done now is he's invoked an Emergency Powers Act, which is basically for use in times of war or national emergency. And it is absolutely not a national emergency in any way. You've got trucks blocking a couple of streets in Ottawa. And that is yeah. not in any way, shape or form a national emergency. They seized $10 million worth of money, which went to GoFundMe. And then there was $8 million went to Give, Send, Go, which is in America. And they were hacked at one point. Uh, yeah. But I believe that the money is still with Go, Give, Send, Go. They haven't been able to get a hold of that as far as I'm aware. But what they've done now, they've frozen the bank accounts of the Freedom Convoy organisers. Um, so they can't access any sort of money. And they've done this without charging anybody with anything without um, taking them to trial uh, to prove their guilt, if anything, of what they can be guilty of. They've now seized bank accounts. And what is going on in Canada it is nothing short of tyranny. It really is the actions of a dictatorship. It's really, it's absolutely insane. And not one leader from any of the Western countries has called this guy out on it yet. I mean, what's, what's going on at the sort of ground level uh, out in Canada, you're out in Alberta, which is out in the, the, the west of the country, and Canada's divided geographically. There's a big difference in uh, the sort of population density and who people vote for, depending on what part of the country you are, because Alberta's very rural, sort of agricultural and industrial, isn't it? Yes, it's it's uh, very very conservative in its in its opinions and and thoughts. Like round here, they would vote for a vote for a piece of wood if as long as it had a blue sticker on it, it would be, yeah. it would be the next MP. But I mean, we're only sixty miles from Coots, where the where they blockaded the border, and the news media was reporting it as all this the terrorism and everything that was going on, and the road was blocked. But we drove down Heather and Shona drove down. It was like a seven-mile tailgate party, barbecues and hot dogs. Like it was just a party from one end to the other, music, dancing, everything. And the only blockade was the, the government had the the police had come and put concrete barriers across the road, like no barriers they call them, to stop folk driving. They said the border was closed, but there was one lane open all the way to the border. But it was actually the the RCMP and Volker Stephen had blockaded the road to stop people getting to the border. Uh, and, um, yeah, so, quite, I mean, Trudeau's constantly, he's called the protesters misogynists, white supremacists, 
says that they're waving swastikas. He went in a queue. He went and said that to a Jewish Conservative MP in Parliament last week, and he won't apologise for it at all at any point. He seems to be such a walkouts. He called them out on it. He actually walked out of Parliament on that one. That was his first walkout last week when she called him out on his. Uh, she goes, I am. She she she's uh, a she's a family that survived the Holocaust. And then yeah. they said that he called her out. And, and when he actually, when you see the whole swastika incident, because it is on YouTube, it's all, they've only edited the bit where you see the swastika. They don't actually show you the, the guy held the swastika up. He said, if this carries on, this is the Canadian flag, not the maple leaf. But all that bit was cut out of the whole thing. All you saw was the guy waving the swastika. But the actual, if you actually go to YouTube, you can actually see the whole footage when the guy said, this is going to be Canada's flag if Justin Trudeau carries on the way he's going. But that wasn't reported in the media either. No, it's, it's a complete setup. I mean, the left-wing sort of media in America has really, uh, they've been having a go at the, con the convoy quite a bit. Fox News, which is the only right-wing outlet in the States, has been, brought, has been supportive uh, of, of it. it, it's bizarre the way that it's it's not been reported on in Europe. It's and the way that it was reported on negatively as well, because these are honest working class people who have had their livelihood severely affected by everything from the pandemic for the last two years. Canada's had severe restrictions compared to a lot of countries, and now they're bringing this in. And people might say, you know, well, why don't you just go and get the vaccine then? And it, the thing is, you may not agree with what's going on here right now with this mandate, but then again, what are they going to do in the future if they get away with this? This sort of mandatory control of people's lives and government interference needs to be pushed back against now because in the future, they'll just try and do something else and something else. They will get in about your life and you just don't know where it's going to stop. You got A lot of the stuff people are talking about now two years into the pandemic, which has come to be and has happened, people two years ago were getting dismissed as, you know, batshit conspiracy theorists. And a lot of it's been proven to be true. From the, the Wuhan lab leak, from the thing about the vaccine passports and these mandates now, it's all coming, it's all coming, coming to be true. It's really quite alarming. So I'd say, you know, you've got to... You've got to support these guys, uh, even if you don't particularly feel strongly one way or the other about about the vaccines. Because so many people are vaccinated that support this this sort of thing. You have to give people their own individual bodily autonomy to say no. I don't want to have that because the vaccines haven't been tested over a long period of time. We don't know what the long term health effects of them are going to be. And they don't work like a conventional vaccine whereby they just completely stop something dead on its nose. They fade very quickly. Uh, and you just don't, we just don't know so many of the things. So, I mean, a lot of people would put their faith, I was happy enough to put my, my, my faith in it, but a lot of people say, what? Some people may not want to do that. And it's bizarre that Trudeau has picked such a, a severe, a bizarre, pointless fight with all these... Yeah. With all these people, it doesn't really make any sense, and it makes you think: What is the bigger picture here? Has he got? Is some? Is this an experiment being run by the World Economic Forum to see if they could get away with it somewhere else? Was it? Is yeah. it? 
Is this the thing? Because I, I wondered, because he's obviously got the backing of Biden in America to have the confidence to go ahead with this. I think Biden said, you know, well, you know, go for it as administration. And I do wonder, because it's getting pretty ugly, do you, do you, do you think, what do you think is going to happen? It's hard to predict. Well, I think, well, I think in the end, Trudeau's going to have to back down because eventually world opinion will go against them. Because you have a well, even Australia now. Is, if you see the Australian media, they're just they're just getting stuck into Justin Trudeau, and they're saying like, "What kind of guy is this?" You have the Fox News, but even here now, the media who who supported Trudeau, even they are now saying like, "Well, wait a minute, we're going to have to change our story here, change change the narrative because we're looking like the bad guys," and, and they just nobody knows what you know, who to believe and what to go on. But out there, I mean, like at the height of the pandemic, if you were leaving Swift Current in Saskatchewan and driving to Calgary and Alberta, which is about a six, six and a half hour journey, the only place for some place that was open to give you anything to eat on that whole journey was in Medicine Hat. You couldn't you couldn't stop anywhere. They closed all the public toilets. There was There was nothing open. And then suddenly Trudeau turns around and says, this is what we're going to do, but we've we've struggled on and managed on and really kept the country going for two years. Yeah, it, it's, it's crazy how much Canada shut down. And because I mean, the, U, the UK shut down for a while and things, but things gradually can opened up again pretty quickly. And England's really moving forward now. They're binning off basically all COVID restrictions in the next in the next few weeks and say, you know, we need to go and live with the virus. And then you've got other countries like Canada, you've got Australia, who've been very tough on, on things, and then New Zealand as well, where they're getting quite a lot of kickback out of it. But in Canada, you're not allowed to leave, you're not even allowed to leave the country unless you're vaccinated. And that's yeah. quite a that's a major um restriction on your personal your your personal freedoms. It's alarming. When they brought out the mandate about crossing the border, you could you had to be vaccinated to come into Canada. But there was absolutely nothing to stop you going to the US because they didn't have a mandate. So you could you could leave and go to Canada, you could leave and go to the to the States. And then you could, when you came back home, you couldn't cross into Canada. But to start with, they allowed you back as long as you you, you self-isolated for was it five days or 14 days, I believe it was. That was their that was what the, their plan was. But as it progressed, then they said. No, from now on, if you're not vaccinated, you're just not getting back. So then that was that was actually what really that was what started everything off was after that came out. And then then Biden, within two weeks of this, then Biden said, Well, if you're not vaccinated, then you can't come to the US. But the US aren't you go to the border at Coots there and they don't even ask you for proof of vaccination. The only thing they're worried about is you carrying fresh fruit into the States. They don't care. They're, they're not asking about vaccination. And some of the Canadian border guards, like I know one of them, he says, I will, I personally will not ask you for, for proof of vaccination. He says, I don't care. He says, if, if I want to see your medical records, I have to get a court order. He says, but, you know, a waitress in a truck stop, she can ask you for your medical records and you can't stop her. He says, if you can't prove you're vaccinated, you can't, you can't eat. He says, 
recruits being a training port, he said, you, you will get the work off a checklist. He says, you will get somebody who will eventually get to the question at the bottom, proof of vaccination. He says, then you don't get back to Canada. Mm, that's, that's really strange way to go about things. The obsession with the vaccination thing, because it comes down again and again, it doesn't stop you catching COVID and it doesn't stop you transmitting it, the same as no. if you're vaccinated. And this milder Omicron variant isn't uh, of a great concern to the vast majority of people who are, don't have any underlying health conditions. It's not really... I mean, it's serious shit, shit like you don't want to be putting yourself unnecessarily at danger with it, but truck drivers simply aren't a risk because they're so isolated uh, and they don't really encounter a lot, a lot of people. So, I mean, I, Trudeau's really going and pissed off. He's really gone and singled out the, the working class, the people who really kept Canada going. And you, you, you yeah, see it. Exactly. You, Exactly what you, he did. You see, yeah, it in fact, well, you've got two tiers of society now, don't you? Yeah, you have the, the I've got a political science degree lot, and you have the people actually make the country move. Uh, and we've, uh, we've been betrayed by the people that think they're educated. You know, you can be you can be clever and you can be educated and you can have all sorts of degrees, but it doesn't make you wise. <laughs> No, but that's it. You've got the Zoom set, the people who have sat at home for the last couple of years working in their cosy house. They don't have any need to go anywhere. And the reason that they can do that is because they have everything brought to them. Uh, and that's yes. enabled by truck drivers and farmers and all the people who've worked right the way through the pandemic yes, I, without stopping I, during the scary, uncertain days where nobody knew what this was or how bad it was going to going to be. Ah, it's tremendously sad. Mr. I mean, Trudeau is, I mean, he's, it's just a, these politicians, you shouldn't be allowed to be a politician unless you have got several years worth of life experience and being successful at something. You shouldn't be allowed to be a career politician. I mean, what's this, is this guy, what's this guy actually ever succeeded at, apart from getting dressed up in blackface on numerous occasions in the past, which would be enough to end your career in a lot of countries? Uh, in a lot of places, but it doesn't seem to do, make any odds to him. I mean, he's been a, a drama teacher, which he flunked at, and there was rumours of improprieties. He was uh, a ski instructor. He flunked at that. Then he became a politician. He's just like your typical professional politician. They have no life experience whatsoever. They've led a cosseted life, and they really don't know they think this is how it should go and, and this is how it should be, but they don't really know what's going on. They've never had to live from paycheck to paycheck. No, and it's really disgraceful, the fact that they, 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 the complete refusal to engage with any of the, 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 the trucker uh, convoy people at any sort of point, and it was a peaceful protest. They were honking their horns a lot in Ottawa, which was pissing people off, and then they stopped doing that and they got told not to do it. There was no litter on the streets or anything like that. The place was kept clean and tidy. And of course, it's got serious in the last couple of days with that. The police have been moving in, they've been arresting people, and the trucks have moved out of 
the the capital city of Ottawa. And but there's been a lot of convoys happening in other cities and towns yeah. all over Canada this weekend as well. We've been seeing pictures oh. from Quebec. We've been seeing pictures from. Um, Vancouver, uh, Vancouver, Manitoba, all these places. Uh, they were all closed, all protesting this weekend. Like Vancouver's all protesting today. He's protesting Vancouver. Right, well, of course, Trudeau said it was a small fringe element. And if it was a small fringe <laughs> element, then why would he be invoking emergency powers? How big is this movement over there? What's been all been happening uh, in terms of the protests? Because uh, you, you're obviously you're in Alberta, not far from Coots, the border, as you say. Uh, but is it has it been as busy as it, it looks to have been this weekend? Because it looks like there's a lot of support for this, which doesn't get reported on. Oh yeah, well Calgary was at a standstill on Saturday. They, they, they just blocked McLeod and everything. They just right, that's it. And it wasn't truck drivers, it was actual Canadians, just they'd had enough. People are sick of it now. Down at Coots, it wasn't just truck drivers and farmers. There was everybody down there, every walk of Canadian life, there was somebody down there. <laughs> they even went down in horses, rode down from Coldale to Coots on horses to join the protest. I mean, it's just, it's it got bigger than the truck drivers and the farmers. It just... It's like everybody now. Okay, there's the stall the I've got a political science degree mob. They're they're not involved in it. But at the same time, if anything changes, they won't say, no, no, I'll carry on the way. I don't mind paying extra and I will still have my Q code. I, I will do all that. But it's just like it's like he's tried to divide the whole of Canada into a them and us at a them and us area. And it's it, just it's it really has. He really has. I remember in a, in a previous conversation I had with him, you said it was like he was tearing at the fabric of society because he refused. He was out. He's he went and he was supporting Indian farmers a couple of years ago who were protesting against their government. He was well up for that. Um, he commit. He went and there were a lot of burning of churches uh, in Canada on some false accusations. Uh, that were levelled about um, children that were apparently murdered. And there was never, years ago, going back to like Queen Victorian times, and there was never any evidence of that whatsoever, but it kicked off a lot of violent protests and vandalism and things. And he basically, he wouldn't um, condemn any of that. He, said, he seemed to think it was justified. Uh, yeah. And if, what, there was something else. He's got a whole well, list of things going back. Black Lives Matter well, as well, when they were trashing, causing billions of pounds worth of damage to things as well. Yeah, he was, I mean, I mean, like last summer, they destroyed hundreds of churches through all the reserves. Okay, as I keep pointing out to them, these, they found bodies in the reserve. Last year they didn't, but the, the news media stirred it up to the point that it was supposed to be, they had found all these bodies and Queen Elizabeth had visited some reserve in the 50s and, and the children had disappeared after Queen, Queen Elizabeth II had visited the visited this reserve, and she never actually was at the reserve. But the, the media kept that narrative going till they ended up they were burning down churches, setting fire to churches, uh, burning all government the government built buildings on the reserve. But, you know, it was just that, it was just what happened. It was from a time that's gone, 
I mean, they were when I left Scotland, they were finding in in Lark, was it Lark, Lark Hall when mm-hmm. the, the the thing they found the bodies of the the foundling children that were just buried and and single mothers that were taken away and disposed of after they died and those headstones and things like that all in church run church run homes, but these were you know these were from a time gone by. This dragging up and having apologised and pay money for this and pay money for that, it doesn't change what happened. Okay, we know what happened; it was terrible, but you know, get on with it, get over it. Yeah, but we'll never progress unless folk get over it. Yeah, that, that story I have seen the, the story online about all the churches, but he wouldn't he wouldn't condemn any of it. He was no. perfectly all right with, with with all of that with all of that because it just suits his agenda and his. Way of way of thinking with, with with things. So I really what what's going to? I mean, obviously this isn't this isn't going to go away for them. Nobody the, the truckers and things aren't going to back down. They can freeze people's bank accounts, and he can throw them in in jail. But how long can he drag this on for? I wonder before the international community, before somebody actually calls him out from a, another major nation but what's going to happen next in terms of protests and things can you see something happening in terms what have the drivers what have truck drivers and farmers down tools on mass that is what what they're saying now like not everybody go and strike at once just well i'm not saying strike they're saying they're withdrawing their labor i mean i know one or two farmers here that are saying this year i'm not going to grow anything and that's it so, you know, if, if they're growing, like farms here are 80,000 acres. I mean, you, you know Ben Walter. Yeah, he is too, colossal, yeah. Yeah. You imagine, imagine the likes of Ben Walter not growing any more, any more crops for a year. I mean, that's a huge drop. That's a huge percentage of what comes out of Alberta. I mean, he, it's just, they don't seem to appreciate this. They've just decided, like, this is what we're going to do and so it's stuff you all. But they, they haven't, like the drivers, some drivers are saying, like, not everybody will go on strike or withdraw their labour. Just certain groups now, like tanker drivers this week, hopper drivers hauling to the elevators and the, the, the mills this week, next week, the food delivery drivers the week after. And that way it just, it just cripples the economy, it cripples the, the, the supply chain. That's right. I mean, what is he going to, His emergency powers are basically com- it compels or forces tow truck companies to go and do the bidding of the government and all sorts of scary things. Now, this isn't f- uh, forced for 30 days, apparently. And I would imagine he's probably going to try and extend that and just keep this going uh, as a sort of permanent tin pot dictatorship. But he's picked a fight with the people in the country who can act. As we said, these are the people who actually do things. The, yeah. you know the, the working people who supply you with everything that you need not the people who the non-jobs who sit at home and you know harp on about di- harp on about diversity and it's things magic. like that you know if you had say, if you had went to Ottawa and spoke to the, the leaders of the truck drivers and said right guys I'm going to do what I can for you it, you know I, I can't promise anything because Joe Biden's put in a a border mandate as well now. If he just went and said, well, I'll do what I can and I will try and address the issue, the folk would have went away happy. Mm-hmm. But he didn't. He just escalated it. Yeah, it, it's but, bizarre, it, isn't it? 
Yeah, having been to Coots, Coots was Coots was just a huge party. And the tow and the tow truck companies, they were called to come and move away the tow away the trucks. And to their credit, they refused. They just said, like, these are our customers. <laughs> Why would we come and tow away their trucks? You know, these are the people that that keep us going year in, day in, day out, every week. Why would we come and tow away? You know, you pay us what you're going to pay us, but it's like business suicide. Who's going to carry on now? And, you know, and lots of lots of the tow companies just refuse to get involved, which is to their credit. No, no, they, I, fair play fair play to them. It's, I think it's going to get substantially more messy b- before it gets any better. Is, now, did I see it correct? Is he suspended Parliament now as well? So yeah. he won't be having to sit in Parliament and be questioned? Because at the start of all this, it's worth mentioning as well, that he immediately went into hiding and said that he had COVID. Uh, yes. And he had to isolate. He ran away and hid. The man is a monster and a coward. Is there's actually a song now? It's called "Coward of the Cottage." <laughs> all, all about him. It's to the tune of "Coward of the County." But if you look it up on YouTube, it's actually quite good. <laughs> it sums up the whole the whole thing very well. Yeah, I mean, I think Jordan Peterson, the um. The clinical psychologist who's got a large following online and is also Canadian, he had a, um, a podcast interview which was put online tonight with a journalist called Rex Murphy, where they're, they're discussing all this. And obviously, the, the, is two, um, they're both um, sort of ca- Canadians um, and they are absolutely stupefied. They just they're trying to analyze this and get their head around what's going on, and you have to wonder what sort of forces are are at work at, throughout any of this. And what what must the rest of the world think watching watching on at this? Because you're not really getting. It would be interesting to see how this is reported next week. Because obviously, in the UK, it's only GB News, which I've seen really report on it. Yeah. And they, GB News is strongly disliked in a lot of quarters because they're seen as having a sort of more right-wing um, outlook on things. But of course, anything that's uh, anything like that these days is just widely denounced by um, the, the, this increasingly uh, lunatic left. <laughs> so I don't know what that you can't you can't uh, you can't bargain with them at that. At all, it's uh, no. it's absolutely rife throughout the United States with um with Biden, and I'd got quite an interesting perspective from you because obviously you're much closer to the United States and you're in the United States regularly as well in normal in normal sort of times, and you know with what Trump had, I mean, setting aside all the lunacy, all the the tweeting, and all the controversy and the allegations of corruption with with Trump, he had actually had a lot of good policies, which had benefited the working Americans a great deal. And that's all been completely swept aside by the, the Biden yes. administration and a kind of extreme left agenda. Oh, yeah. I mean, Donald Trump, okay, the guy could be a lunatic, <laughs> but he was all about putting America first again. He, you know, he he put he put money in their pockets, was what he did. The Hispanics, they loved them because they had money and jobs. The, the African Americans, they they loved them. The steel mills reopened in Detroit. The car the car factories reopened. Under Obama, these the steel mills were closing. The car factories were moving to Mexico. He he made no effort to stop Ford 
leaving Detroit to go and build their cars in Mexico. And and Trump, you know, Trump sort stopped all that, gave the people that gave people jobs, gave them money. Okay, he had some really weird tweets. <laughs> but, but when you see what Biden, you know, that I remember when Trump first came to power, they were they were protesting in Oban because they were the way he had been he had been uh, alleged to be carry what he'd said to some woman. But if you look at the news, Biden was no better. He's come out with this exact same things. He's not called touchy Joe for nothing. Uh, Biden's a, a, a strange character. I think a lot of it, well, what Trump also did as well, and this is a fact, he had America completely self-sufficient on energy. They, right, weren't yes. needing, they weren't needing to import energy at all because it's, it's America's a country which is incredibly rich in resources. And Biden's completely run down all the oil reserves to the point he's having to uh, import it now. And he was asking Saudi Arabia the other week if they would increase oil production, and they told him to beat it. Yeah. Like, no interest. And it, it's cra crazy a lot of the stuff that's going on with that. Biden was sold as being, you know, just is a moderate, calming influence, you know, that after the, the mayhem or uh, an instability of Trump and COVID, you just, this, you know, Biden will be gentle and it'll be. And it's not been like that at all. They've got they've they've gone no. completely rocketing off in the, the opposite uh, the opposite direction, much to the dismay of working America. That they're really yeah, in this, they've suffered. The, the, they're, they're the people who suffered the workers. I mean, it wasn't that chaotic under Trump. Trump just put that's, everybody that's, to work and gave them the themselves, which was what he did. I mean. Under Obamacare, the guys working, well, I was telling you about the guy that worked in the dairy. After he'd paid everything, he has $5,000 left. That's $125 or $250 for, for, for a week for all these emergencies and food and things. And then Obamacare came and he had to find $250 for everybody that lived in his house. Three children, him and his wife. There you go. That was it. all the money he had left over had to go to Obamacare, even though his employer paid him, gave him a health insurance. He still had to pay Obamacare because other folk were unfortunate enough not to have health care. Ah, so it's most unfair and it's just it's set against the working people. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the, the mainstream media, kind of, they made it, they were obsessed with Trump and they still are obsessed with him to this day. And it's yeah. come out in the last couple of weeks that it looks like the Clinton campaign and all her people were, they had accused Trump of colluding with Russia uh, throughout for a long time. And it turns out it was absolutely nothing of the sort going on. And they were basically trying to undermine a sitting president. Now, if you could imagine if the tables were turned and that was Trump's lot doing that to Clinton and she'd got into power, the, the, the controversy that would have run oh, about, yeah. would have come about off of that. So it's... Um, I mean, you had, uh, what was that? Nancy Pelosi. She bought gold pens... A, a, a pen for every letter of Donald Trump's name. I think they cost about fifteen thousand dollars a piece, and she was signing. So she said she was going to sign the impeachment. So she would write his name with one letter of his name with every pen, and then she was giving these pens to her friend to sell to her friends to celebrate the, the impeachment of Donald Trump. But I mean, they wasted three years, four years on a lie that, that never. You know that that never had the 
it turns out it was all just a, a hoax story. And now it's all coming back to Hillary Clinton. And now and also Barack Obama's fingers are seen in the same pie as well. So you know, if, if they don't get back into power, <laughs> Donald Trump is back in and he's a vengeful man. <laughs> oh, goodness only knows. Well, in America, they've got what's called the midterms coming up and it looks like it's going to be bad news for the Democrats. It, oh, yeah, that, yeah. it could appear that they might lose the House and the Senate because of all the crazy stuff that they've gone off they've gone off doing and you couldn't really get get into it here but um it it goes it comes back to this going back to trudeau and things there's a real divide across canada and america between like the working people and these kind of elite liberal socialist sort of sort of classes it's it's really strange sort of times and it, it needs to be checked and sort of balanced you can't be going this these extreme sort of COVID measures, because there's terrible, there's, America tends to vary state by state as to how strict their vaccine mandates are and things. Like Florida is very relaxed about things, and I think Texas is as well, whereas California is very much not so. There's a lot of heavy mask mandates and things. I've had kids in schools wearing masks every day for the last two years, where of course the adults don't need to wear them, and it just children aren't at any sort of risk from being ill from COVID, and it's just it's that's really I think it's really kind of cruel and it needs to it needs to be drawn to a close much sooner sooner than later but um, it seems like the likes of Trudeau want to go and drag it on for so much longer than that longer than is necessary because it gives them power it gives them the power to to make people do what what in real reality they don't want to do exactly. <laughs> Exactly. About, I mean, this was supposed to be the biggest pandemic known to to man. This was a great threat to humanity. And what did they give us? A paper face mask. Uh, and most people threw them in the street when they were finished with them. I, I, I'm not I'm not any convinced about the efficacy of these things at all. In, in England, they basically dropped it. Now in Scotland, they're keeping it going. Uh, I'm I am glad that um, the Scottish government only has limited amounts of power relating to stuff like this because I dread to think what sort of stuff that um, dear leader might have come up with had she had the authority to do so. Uh, but I mean, it's just a lot of it's the a lot of this mask stuff is theatre, putting the thing on in a restaurant to go to the toilet, taking it off to go to the to sit down. There are loads of people wearing them in the shopping centre and everything like yesterday. It's like, well, it, it's not going to make any difference uh, stuff unless you're in a medical setting and you're wearing like a medical grade mask or you're on the, maybe if you're on the tube or something like that, you're in close proximity to a lot of people that might work. But in so many situations, it's just a complete, a complete waste of time and it's become another sort of symbol of what sort of side you're on and it's kind of really polarised world that we, we live in. We live in now. Uh, but I, we, we could we can only hope that Trudeau is going to be called to account with us sooner rather than later and Canada can get back to some sort of degree of normality. I would imagine it will take a long, long time for the scars and divisions of this to even begin to heal because they haven't even it's not even finished yet where, no, where this goes. It's it's incredibly incredibly upsetting and sad to see it happen to such a, a wonderful country to be, to be um, abused and manipulated by this by this cowardly dictator and really 
it really, it really is. It is just, I mean, they've just, it's all about, and there are people, people, well, I, one guy that I've worked with for years, and I knew him in, in the UK, like, he gave up speaking to me because, you know, he felt his life couldn't carry on because, because I, because of people like me. I was like, but why do I, you know, I've had COVID and oh, it wasn't pleasant, but the worst thing was no, I had no appetite, no, no uh, set smell and I couldn't taste things. But, you know, after five days, eight, eight days, that was it. We were over it. But, the, you know, lots of people are like, we have to do this because of you people. You do. This is the con the concern about all this all this uh, sort of sort of stuff. It's like where does it end as we're segregating society? Because you've got China with the social credit system, and you do you do wonder how this move to track. You need to kick back on this. This is a for the young people. A lot of people. It's the first generation that want less freedom. It's like we want. You need to have. You need to question what's going on what's going on you can't blindly just follow just follow on with what the government tells you and what these enormous pharmaceutical companies tell you and how pe these people stand to benefit massively from making billions and billions off of, off of all of this when it, the reality of what's in front of you is actually actually very different you need, we need to push back against all this so this mandatory vaccination stuff, mandatory tracking and everything, it's, it's not right. And I don't understand why liberal people are just so willing to completely put all their faith in governments and pharmaceutical companies. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's really strange. It's like they've been conditioned. <laughs> they haven't, children don't get educated, they just get indoctrinated. You know, it's just like there was Shona. She had a teacher. That's your daughter. The, yeah, she was on about the who's now a dispatcher for a, a trucking company. She said she exports cars to America all week. But she had a teacher who said the Nazis were fascists, and I said, well, actually, they weren't. I said, Nas, 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 the Nazis were the National Social Party of Germany, National Socialists of Germany. And it got shortened to Nazis. I said, and they went to war against against uh, uh, Russia in the end because it was two brands of socialism, and they just didn't. Because bear in mind, these were allies at the start of the war. The, the yeah, they, were, they carved up Poland for their own ends. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, so they said. So she went and told her, told her teacher, "This is what I had said," and the teacher was like furious. She was like, "No, you can't. That's not true." Uh, yeah, it is actually. I mean, it's history. So then we had to face the teacher, and, and I said, like, like, like the Russians. She goes, oh, the Russians were communists. And I was like, no. I says, what did USSR stand for? I says, it was Soviet Socialist Republics. Says, they weren't communists. They were socialists as well. And, 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 you know, and she says, you're a bigot. I said, you can't even get the, the term of abuse correct. I'm not a bigot. No. No, no it, it, it seems like this this brand of ultra sort of left wing sort of socialism. It, 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 the way that they behave and the lack of compromise and the way they want to demonise people and exclude them and punish them and everything, it comes to well that is bloody well fascism. You know, you need to be you need to be accepting of, of other people and you know make allowances for different different viewpoints and you can't ostracise people and divide. 
divide things up on the basis of this bloody pan horrendous pandemic. We need to be sort of a kinder, fairer, more inclusive society who's going to look out for each other. And it's just, it's it, there's no compromise in any of this at all. It's like, look, it's same with uh, Joe Rogan, biggest podcast in the world. They were trying to cancel him because of vaccine misinformation. And I actually, I'd never listened to his podcast before. And I went back and listened to quite a few episodes. And a lot of the stuff, it was basically having a discussion about a lot of what was going on. And he had other people on the podcast, like doctors and things who were... Yeah. It was very, it was very open and balanced and everything. And he apologised about some stuff, but you can't apologise to these people because they don't accept it. They just smell blood and want to go further and further. Yeah. So you need, you can't be. It's really difficult. It's becoming increasingly difficult to be a sort of middle of the road, centre sort of person. The way that they're kicking back, it pushes, it creates extremes. So you get more, you you get people who push further to the right, and the danger is at some point you're going to get a far right regime is going to get in to a, a country and you really you really don't want that but that's what's going to end up happening if people like Trudeau keep pushing keep pushing and dividing people in the opposite direction i think the polar what happens is people get polarized mm -hmm. I mean, i'm like i'm a, i've always voted for the snp but <laughs> i would i would rather cut off my hand and vote for them again I think they're idiots. <laughs> but, I mean, he polarised Canada, and, and the folk that were middle of the road are now moving to the far right. And the lefties, well, they're just lefties anyway. They think that they're entitled to everything. But in the end, there will come another... You, If you get a good right-wing orator... Uh, orator, mm, orator I, mm. Yeah, it's going to... You know, he will stir it up. And Hitler was a great example of that. Yeah, I mean, the guy... Don't think it can't happen because it can and it could happen again. It, well, Poland, look at Poland with, mm -hmm. with the extreme right wing now. They are rising to power. I mean, in France, it used to be the uh, Marie Le Pen with the I, right well, wing. There is still movement there as well. It, that is a direct result of the way that Macron and people like him behave. You know, yeah. it's, you've got so many people, you've got a vast mass of working people in the middle who don't feel represented by either sort of side of the political spectrum at the moment. I mean, there's a lot of people in the UK like that who are like, ah, oh, you know, you're very much voting for the least bad option rather than the best option. And then yeah, if, right. if, somebody, if somebody comes along with a different perspective on things, even if it's a more extreme one, then you could have, you could end up having problems with that. So, Yeah, it's just, all it takes is a real rabble rouser and just, Stir people up, tell them what they want to hear, tell them what they're what he's going to do that they want them to do, and there you go. That's all that's all it'll take. Uncertain times anyway. Obviously, I'm going to keep an eye on this going forward. I haven't really mentioned it in social media or anything like that much through the sort of trucking driver account or anything, because it's so extremely politicized and so so sort of controversial and it's um but, but i feel like i just i wanted to get this podcast out there to go and talk about this and to discuss to discuss it uh, so I'll, I'll re we'll return to it at a later date when we see how things have kind of moved and progressed yeah. in things hopefully in the right direction i mean lots of the people that were in that were could say that they're respected businessmen in the community. That's exactly yeah. it. These people have been told... Uh, it's, 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 it's extremists. They're normal, 
working yeah. people. You know, the kind, loving, normal yeah, members just, of society, taxpayers. They feel they've been excluded. And eventually people just have enough. But, I mean, Ben Walter was one of the leading lights in it. Jury Evans of Evans Trucking in Coaldale. A, a nicer person you couldn't meet. You know, he's, he doesn't have raven lunatic right-wing views. He had just got to the point where it didn't matter what he did, he was going to get hosed anyway. So he put, he's put his trucks, some of his trucks down there and they took part in the protest. Uh, Western trade wins. He had his trucks down to the, down to the border on the Saturday. There was hundreds of guys from around here went down. Some of them sat for the, the two weeks, three weeks that it lasted, but... You know, lots of them just went down at the weekends, and I was uh, Edgar. He he wanted uh, he had one truck in in the protest, but he wanted me to drive the other one down because he's not allowed to drive now because he's too old. But he just wanted me to take a truck down and park it there so he could be part of the protest. He's a farmer, you know, and he says like, "Where do we go from here?" He says, "You know, we're so excluded from the rest of Canadian society. It's like we don't matter anymore." Well, mm -hmm. the truckers proved that maybe they do matter. They absolutely do. Uh, you know, that's it. All the, all the, no, all the bloody non-jobs, if you went and just, if they stopped down their tools and everything, nobody would bloody notice a thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, teachers go on strike. Okay, it's the inconvenience of finding, finding childcare, but mm -hmm. at the end of the day, <laughs> the world goes on. Truck drivers go on strike. There's no food goes in the shelves. That's, they just don't get that. I mean, I just, I just get annoyed. <laughs> it's, oh, it's, it's, it's incredibly, it's incredibly frustrating. I mean, we've been messaging back and forth about all this for weeks now. Good on about it, and as it's, it's alarming and it's frustrating and it's incredible that it can happen in such a progressive country in 2022. Yeah. But it is happening and. It needs to be stopped. You know, he can't Trudeau, Trudeau, and his uh, his cronies and everyone, They they cannot win on this. And whether you care about vaccine mandates, whether you give a shit or not, just remember that what happens next time around, because they will not stop there. And the next no. time they, it may well be something which you care about dearly, but you. Um, you didn't you didn't care less at, at the outset. There's that that danger there. So I, I mean, I true, have to remember he had only eighteen percent of the Canadians when when he when he thought he was ahead in the polls six months ago. He called an election after only being in power for eighteen months, but he thought he was ahead in the polls and he was supposed to have a majority, but. Only 18% of Canada actually voted for Justin Trudeau. He's only in power through a coalition. Now, yeah, this is the thing as well that it's worth mentioning. He's in a, min a minority coalition government. He's yeah. propped up by two other parties. It's not like he's got an 80-seat majority like Boris Johnson has in the UK. He, he's, in, he's in no position to be able to do this at all, really. It's, uh... No. I mean, his, his coalition partners, they're as much to blame as he is. Absolutely, they haven't stood up. They haven't stood up to him. They've allowed this to kind of to 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 manifest itself. Nobody's stepped in to stop him at all. But his his crony, the the woman, 
that, that was talking about freezing the, the, the accounts and everything. And she's terrifying as well. The way she was going on. She went to the she went to the trade talks with Donald Trump with a T-shirt saying, "I've come to pick a fight." And all that happened was the Canadian farmers and the Canadian Canadian uh, business they just got hosed out by by, by Trump and his negotiators because she had she had no idea what she was doing. She just sold them out. She's, I think I've got a deal. Yeah, see, what's a Chris uh, something Friedland? I mean, <laughs> she just funny. sold them all out. I, I think I got you a good deal, but she didn't get a good deal. The, the market's now flooded with American milk. I mean, in Canada, we don't have the uh, steroids and, and drugs in, in, in the farm chain, but the Americans do. And now there's American milk float. It's in a, it's for sale in, in Canada because because she she screwed up the whole trade deal with a with a showboat. And was well, that was all she did? It was just a case of look at me, look at me. And, and she just sold us all out. The agricultural industry, the, the aluminium industry, it got it got bombed out as well because, you know, she 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 just didn't understand or just couldn't care less about what was going on. It's staggering the lack of knowledge and experience that so many politicians have. What they actually bring to the role that they do, and everything. In the UK, I don't think we've ever had a poorer crop of politicians. We've got far too many. The, the, the ones, the Scottish MS, the MSPs and things, the ones in the devolved assemblies, you can get some right poor <laughs> calibre of candidates there. Some of these MP, MSPs and things are just a bit illiterate. They can barely string a sentence together. It's the last thing oh. the world needs is more politics, more politicians and everything. They've been front square in front of us the last two years, drunk on the power that the pandemic has given them, and they do not want yeah. to relinquish this at all. So it's... Um, that's the thing. It's an opportunity to keep power, keep control. It's all about control. <laughs> I'm yeah. starting to sound like conspiracy theorists now, but <laughs> no, it, 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 it is about it is about control. And the thing is, it's it's no longer sort of conspiracy theorists saying it. A lot of people with like very moderate sort of normal views and things are looking at this and going, "Oh, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't right." You know, this isn't. I mean, there's isn't, a guy. Uh, he was in one of the videos on Facebook. He doesn't have a mobile phone. He's vaccinated. He's had three three boosters. He has his certificate and everything, but it's not accepted. He can't cross the border. He can't go into a restaurant. He can't do anything. He can't go to a hockey match. He can't because he doesn't have a phone to prove that he has a Q code. He says, I don't know what a Q code is. I'm 70 year old. I live in the street. What do I need a mobile phone for? Crazy. I mean, he's been a second class citizen, but he's still. He did everything. I mean, he, he went and got vaccinated. He did all he was supposed to do, and he's no no further ahead. Uh, they really, they really have divided society society up. Huh? Anyway, I mean, I mean, we'll wrap this um, section up now, um, and we'll return to that in a couple of weeks. We'll see where we are, and hopefully, we've got some positive things to reflect on where the world has moved in the, the current in the right direction. Thanks for listening to the Truck and Driver podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To keep up to date with the latest news, 100% for drivers, visit truckanddriver.co.uk, where you can also subscribe to the print edition of Truck and Driver magazine, which publishes on the last Friday of every month. The Truck and Driver podcast is produced by Sound Rebel. To find out more, please visit soundrebel.co.uk.